I praise the Lord. It's time for the Word of God, and we've been talking about Church Powerful. And as I said to you on a number of occasions throughout this series, that this is a time and a season for the Church of Jesus Christ to rise in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not something that happens just by itself. Increasing, opening, making way, let, let me put it this way, making way for more of the anointing, more of a power requires us to walk closer to the Lord, requires us to deal with certain things in our lives which are hindrances to the anointing increasing in our lives. And so we've been through all of this. So if you've missed the series, you can get back onto our YouTube channel and you can pick up uh, uh, the whole series on Church Powerful. We're going to continue with number four, which is developing the fear of the Lord. Developing the fear of the Lord. Now, most Christians have different interpretation of what the fear of the Lord is. And tonight I'm going to spend a little time on that because it's important to understand what the fear of the Lord is. And through the years, as a pastor, I've heard so many Christians try to give various meanings to this cliche of this phrase, fear of the Lord. And in, in that process, there has been so much dilution of the truth regarding this concept that the true fear of the Lord has sometimes departed from the people of God. But some time back, you know, I had a word from the Lord. He began to speak to me a couple of years ago. And uh, he said this. He says, I'm about to restore the fear of God in the church. Because it's time for the fear of God, the proper, the understanding, the truth about the fear of God to come back into the church. Why? Why would God do that? Well, it's because when there is no fear of God, or little fear of God in the right meaning, in the right sense, human beings take over and they bring carnality into the church. They bring carnality, that means the flesh. It, it means the desires of the flesh. They behave like the flesh. You know, the fear of the Lord is, Bible says, the beginning of wisdom. And if we don't have an understanding of what the fear of the Lord is, well, we haven't taken the first step towards being wise in the things of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so when we bring carnality in other words, our own flesh, not understanding certain things about God, into the church, the result is that the things that are important to God are often ignored. And God will not release his power in a people who treat him with disrespect or superficiality. Do you know that every time you do something which is by choice, which is outside of, 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 of God's ways and so on, in a sense you are Showing God a lot of disrespect. You're saying, God, I don't care about you. I'm doing my own thing. And the fear of the Lord is important. It keeps us in touch with certain things in our walk with God. Now, God clearly says in his word that his people ought to fear him. Yeah, but it's not a fear like, like you think it is. I'm going to get to that a little later. But it clearly says, and that's a translation in every Bible, that word is used, the fear of, of, of God. 
It's not a negotiable. It's not an option. Every Christian, every believer, every man of God, every woman of God needs to walk in the fear of the Lord. If we are to see the power and the anointing of God come back into the church, we need to get back to the recognition of who God is and begin to allow the fear of the Lord to come back into our hearts. So, having laid this foundation, let's understand what the fear of the Lord is. Amen? So I'm going to share some of this with you. Psalm 34, verses 8 to 14, says this. He says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And verse 9 then says, O fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for there is no lack for those who fear him. Wow. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So come, you children, listen to me. That's the psalmist writing, that's David. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So who is someone who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace, the word is shalom, and pursue it. Now, you know that scripture contains a lot more than you and I can think, think about. Because David writes, I'm going to teach you what the fear of the Lord is. And then he says, who is someone who desires life? Why is he saying that? He's saying because when you walk in the fear of the Lord, life comes your way. That includes power, anointing, flowing in spiritual things. Then he says, come you children, listen to me. And then he says, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And straight away he goes on and he says, keep your tongue from evil. He's busy teaching now. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Depart from evil, evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So we can get to the truth and get out of our heads what we think the fear of the Lord is by looking at four things that the David teaches in this scripture regarding the fear of the Lord. Four things. Number one is found in verse 13. Keep your tongue from evil. That means no gossip, no negative confession, no criticism. Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. So, so he says, do you want life? Do you desire life? Well, let me teach you the fear of the Lord. Because if you walk in the fear of the Lord, you will have life. Amen? And he says, okay, there's four things. Keep your tongue from evil. So God commands us to use our tongue to edify and not for destruction. And when we, no, we don't do that, we walk in disobedience, basically. Let anything that comes out your mouth, your mouth be for edification. You find that in the New Testament. So that's the first thing about the fear of the Lord. You want to walk in the fear of the Lord? Then keep your tongue from evil. Verse 13 of that, of that uh, psalm. Our tongue has to be submitted 
to the controlling power of the Holy Spirit if we are to see life or the power of God operate through us. That's the first thing. Fear of the Lord, first thing, keep your tongue from evil. Second thing, also in verse 13, keep your lips from speaking guile. It's kind of close to the first one. That means no lying, no deceit, no manipulation, no sweet talk. Bible says in Galatians 5.21 that liars will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, I've come across many Christians through the years I've been pastoring. I remember this one man, he came to me and and uh, he said to me, you know, sometimes I don't deliver. He, he was running his own business. He said, sometimes I don't deliver the goods on time um, as promised to my customers. He came to me and he, to seek counsel. He said, I tell them anything. I'll say to them, listen, unfortunately, the power went off and I couldn't do it. I'm so sorry. Meantime, the power never went off. And he came and said to me, you know, this, this actually keeps the peace between the customer and me. He doesn't know any better. So he doesn't get upset and offended, and I don't lose the business. So he said to me, do you think that's okay? It's just a little white lie. The result is good. Well, that's confusion, my friend. <laughs> because every time you don't speak the truth, you're lying. <laughs> There's no such thing as little white lies. Okay, They're all big lies. However small you think it is, it's darkness. It's not light. Amen. So the Bible says, you want to walk in the fear of the Lord? Keep your lips from speaking guile, lying, deceit, manipulation, sweet talk, all of these things. God will release his power to those who speak the truth. And you know what the truth is? It's his word. It's the truth. Speak his promises, the things of his heart. That's the truth. The things of his heart. The blessings. You know what? If you have to admit that you made a mistake, be big enough to do that. You want to walk in the fear of the Lord? Then don't tell a lie. You know what? Uh, I must tell you, the Lord just reminded me of my own testimony. I, 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 I can't remember when, even as a kid, I never lied. Consciously. I, I'm not saying I never exaggerated or, or embellished stories. But consciously, choosing, choosing to lie, I've never done that. My life, including as an adult, except once. This guy came, he needed to fix something, and he asked me some questions. I only gave him half the truth. Because I thought, if I give him the whole truth, he's not going to fix it because he should fix it free of charge. So I gave him half the truth. Now, half the truth is also a lie. It's not the truth. Anyway, he walked out my place. I mean, my conscience hit me so hard two seconds later. And a few minutes, I pick up my phone, I phoned him, and I said, listen, I only gave you half the truth, so now I'm giving you the rest. And I gave him, and you know what? Instead of saying, thank you, <laughs> I'll come and fix your thing, it just disappeared, you know. So that's the world. That's okay, but I'm at right, and I'm right before my God, amen. I, won't, no, I, I didn't have to walk around with a bad conscience, Amen. I made right with this guy. Keep your lips from speaking God. That's number two in terms of walking in the fear of the Lord. Number three, depart from evil and do good. That's in verse 14. That means no sin. 
Now, let me explain that to you. I need to be very cautious here because there's not one of us who doesn't sin, right? So you may think this is a contradiction in terms. No, it's not. What he's talking about is choosing purposefully, consciously to sin. But sometimes in a moment of weakness, the Bible says he knows our frame. He knows that we are weak. He knows we are dust. If you read Psalm 103, which is all to do with the grace and the mercy of God, the Bible says as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities us because he knows our frame. So sometimes you do something, you say something in a moment, you know, um, and, and, and you do something which is not godly. All you have to do is go to the Father and say, forgive me. And he, his forgiveness is instant. His grace is there for you straight away. Bless the Lord of my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. So you don't have to feel, oh man, oh, wow, wow. I've sinned. Oh, God's going to kill me. No, he's not going to kill you at all. His grace and his mercy is there for you. But if you consciously nurture sin in your life, adultery, fornication, but you, you know it's wrong, but you say, no, I'm going to continue in this. You make it conscious. That's a different thing. So the psalmist writes, he says, depart from evil. You, are, you want to know the fear of the Lord? Depart from evil and do good. We need to put down the desires of the flesh Ask the Holy Spirit to help us with that and walk by the Spirit. We need to be spirit controlled, not flesh control. We need to be quick to confess our sins. That is to acknowledge. Just acknowledge your sin before God. Ask Him to forgive you. And He will cleanse you from anything and restore you. Amen. God is looking for clean and pure vessels. You know one thing I'm learning about the Lord? If your heart is right with God, the Bible says it doesn't look at the outer appearance. It looks at the heart. If your heart is right with God, even when you trespass, even when you fall, even when whatever, in an instant, God is there for you. So you don't need to walk in guilt, but you need to set your mind and your heart to depart from evil as you walk through the, with the Lord through the, through the months, the years. Amen. God is looking for clean and pure vessels that he may pour his glory, his power, and his anointing into. So that's the third thing about the fear of the Lord. Depart from evil and do good. Number four is also found in verse 14 regarding the fear of the Lord. Seek shalom, that's peace, and pursue it. Seek peace. Be a peacemaker. Don't be a violent person. Don't react and swear at people and insult them because they insulted you. Seek peace. Be a peacemaker. Pursue it. That means no violence, no strife, no displays of anger, no disputes between husbands and wives. That's a big one, by the way. Between brother and sister in the church, no rage and the like. Again, if something, if you lose it, you know what? This can happen to any of us. And just ask the Lord to forgive you. That's all. But make purpose in your heart to seek peace from there on. That's what God's looking for, is a heart that is willing to change. And he will immediately come and begin to bring the change that is needed in that heart. 
God is looking for a people who will display his nature and his character through which he may pour out his glory. You and I can get these four things right. If we get these four things right in our lives, we will be displaying the fear of the Lord. Now, when I say if we get these four things right, I'm not meaning that tomorrow you'll be perfect. No, but your heart is set to work these things, to allow the Spirit of God to, to bring these things to pass in your life. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what the psalmist is talking about as well. Proverbs 8.13 says this, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Hate evil. You know what? That's more easily said than done. You know why? Because sometimes evil gratifies the flesh. I have to be honest with you. There's certain things we, we still haven't, haven't come to a place of hating it. Because sometimes it brings pleasure to the flesh, gratifies the flesh. And then he writes and in Proverbs 8.13, this is God speaking through, through uh, Solomon. He says, I hate pride. I hate arrogance. I hate the evil way and the perverse mouth. Don't hear about walking in the fear of the Lord? We need to hate these things as well. That, you know what hating these things mean? May set our hearts not to do these things, not to nurture them in our lives. That's what it is. No evil, evil, no arrogance, no pride, no bad mouthing. Church, if we want the glory of God to manifest in our midst, if we want his power and his anointing in our lives, we need to begin to walk in the fear of the Lord. That means to align our hearts with God's heart. That's what it means. To see my heart. Our purpose to align my heart with the heart of God. Listen to this. Proverbs 14, 27. This, is, this to me is such a great scripture. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Hallelujah. Turning people from the snares of death. It's a fountain of life. Wow. You know when... We really walk and we, our hearts connected with God's heart. We walk in the fear of the Lord. We've opened up a fountain of life on our lives. Let me ask you this question. Do you want to have a fountain of life in your life? Or do you want to be a Christian who lives in bondage? Has no anointing, no power, entangled in the snares of death? Well, according to the scripture, you need to have a fear of the Lord in you in order to have this fountain of life released in you. By walking in the fear of God, I believe the fountain of life that's mentioned here is the same as Jesus when he spoke about rivers of living water will flow out of your belly. John chapter 7 verse 38. It's the overwhelming overflow of the anointing and of the power and of the life of God, the zoe of God. A fountain is where water flows out. Flows out. Fountain of life where an abundant river of anointing or spiritual life or power flows out. You see, Jesus said when he was speaking about rivers of living water flow out of your belly, he's talking about those, he said, if you believe in me. You see, this is for believers. But believing in Jesus is not just coming one day to church and saying, Lord, I believe in you. Come into my life. Change me, change me, change me. And then you walk out, you carry on living your life like before. No. It implies obeying him, following in his ways, 
applying his word in our lives, allowing him to form himself in us. All of these things. If you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, then you better let him direct your life. The fear of the Lord is not just a fountain of life. It's also, according to Proverbs 1.7, it's the beginning of knowledge or beginning of wisdom. And when we're talking of knowing or getting the wisdom of God, it means to have revelation, to understand. It means to begin a journey of spiritual revelation and of understanding. In other words, we receive revelation of the Holy Spirit when we walk in the fear of the Lord. What revelation is he talking about? Well, it's revelation of God's ways, his word. Revelation of spiritual things, understanding the spirit world. The mysteries of God that are revealed to those who fear him. It all begins when we allow the fear of the Lord to rule our hearts. Church, I'm going to leave it to that for today. We're going to continue on this next week. But I want to encourage you today to seek the fear of the Lord. According to the scriptures, go back on this teaching. All the references are there. You can go back to the book of Psalms. You can go back to the book of Proverbs. I've given you all the refer references that you need. And study them under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit give you that revelation of what it means to walk in the fear of the Lord. Because unless you walk in the fear of the Lord, you won't see the fullness of His power. You won't see the fullness of His anointing work in you and through you. And when we're talking about church powerful in this time and season, we are talking about the church that rises, that rises higher, goes to higher levels in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you, make time to pursue the fear of the Lord in your life. Amen. We're going to continue next week and open up this whole topic even more. Praise God.